Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the third episode of Are You Kidding Me? Go ahead and say it. Are you kidding me? There we go. <laughs> my name is Jamal and my name is Adil Mateen. And basically, Are You Kidding Me? is a podcast that tackles youth problems or challenges, as you like to call them. Uh, contemporary youth challenges. Um, now, um, there's a lot. We have a lot of challenges or problems to speak about, uh, but today we've decided to stick to mental well-being in schools. That's what you decided, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Do you think it's a problem? It's a pressing problem. It's a contemporary problem. Do you think it's something that needs a lot of attention? Let me ask you this question: Was that a problem for us when we were growing up? Five, ten years ago? Come to think of it, Alhamdulillah, I, I can't really say that I required serious support. I mean, it would have been... But generally, yeah. regardless of you, do, did you see that people around you were talking about mental well-being or, or, or that when, was an issue? I, I don't think it, it wasn't... It's a very trending topic now, let's be honest. Yeah, but it's a trending topic for a reason because people are uh, overburdened and overstressed. I don't True. exactly remember being that stressed in high school. I mean, yeah, I don't either. I don't either. So, but but almost every other kid that you talk to these days, they're like, "We're so stressed. We're so stressed. We're so stressed." Yeah, that's that. That is true. Yeah, is um, that is that because of COVID? Is that a sign of the times? Is it because of you know sad songs from Billie Eilish or whoever? What what's <laughs> why is it why is it going on? Or is it just like, is it one of those trends where it's it's cool to be depressed or? No, I, I don't stressed. think I don't. I really don't think it's. I don't think that's it. Yeah, I agree with you on the last point over there. Yeah, but but why do you think that you know growing up we didn't see much of that? It's not like we're thirty, forty, fifty years old. We were in school five, ten years ago. Yeah. So what? Where did that? Where did that come from? I think maybe people are starting to realize that it's something that obviously requires much more attention that we we've been giving it all this time. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, maybe that stems from suicide rates, depression rates, and statistics that people, I mean, in terms of data, big data, right? We've been becoming more technologically advanced, right? And we're becoming better at collecting this data. So I think what's happening is that we're collecting more data on these issues. And when we actually look at the, at the data, it's quite pressing. But regardless of data, I mean, uh, students in schools don't care about data. They care about themselves. And and um, I think that's where we see so much uh, coming in. I have a hypothesis. Yeah, what's your hypothesis? I think that it's because of the uh, great development in um, uh, or, or, or large-scale push on a community level, on a global level, towards social media. There's been less and less human interactions taking place. And COVID exactly hasn't helped that. COVID hasn't helped anything. I don't know what COVID helped in. But um, it helped in breaking, breaking records for vaccine development, that's for sure. Or it helped in cleaning up the environment. If that, true, that, that too. That but true. but, but um, in terms of that, honestly, uh, we first of all, social media penetration. Of course, we had social media. We had Facebook. I'm pretty sure. I think we had Snapchat back then as well. Instagram was there, but it didn't rule our lives like it does today. 
you know the average uh, per hour consumption of 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 uh, social media back in 2010 was about one and a half hours two hours a day you know what it is right now what is it 11 wow 11 hours of social media consumption a day are you kidding me <laughs> i guess not because the data speaks for itself so can we say that over the last 10 years that's one of the biggest reasons why mental health has 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 uh, exacerbated mm I don't know but okay what how okay how do you f- put that direct connection to social media I mean look at look at look at things around you um I, I'm just going to speak for myself my grandparents I don't think they had that much access to like WhatsApp and Facebook in 2010 I don't think India had a well developed internet infrastructure in 2010 but now my goodness these 3GB of data every day <laughs> your grandparents right? yeah they're <laughs> on top of things that's like my grandfather <laughs> they're on top of things man i feel behind in technology <laughs> and usage but i mean that's just one one example of how much uh you know yeah but what am I, my, okay but but what i'm asking is that what is the correlation between social media usage and mental health Uh, I think it's uh, uh, from there's no um, or to be more specific the the degeneration of mental health. I think it's uh, more of uh, more of uh, long term uh, you know growth over a period of like I said over the last 10 years that's obviously exacerbated uh, less and less of interactions between people. At the end of the day what is mental well-being? Mental well-being means you're in a sound state of mind. Human beings by nature are social beings, right? We're not uh the lone wolf. We're not uh a, a, you know a tiger that likes to go around roam by itself. Mm. We want to be with people. If we go a day without talking to people, we honestly feel less inside. depression and suicide and that's one of the reasons people hate quarantining actually the 14 days 100%. And, and covid uh, i from a lot of people who i know have gotten covid they said one of the worst parts were was being isolated like that and you know being um, isolated from society and un- being unable to go out and you know socialize and just being cooped up in a room absolutely and and see um let's look at that also from a young kids age the ki- the generation that's in schools right now was born with youtube right yeah um the they were brought up by Ryan the toy guy right I don't know who that or is. I know Peppa Pig though and Peppa Pig yeah. and all of those <laughs> things right they were brought up looking at that um uh, the generation now is more into vlogging than maybe TV shows as as a as a as a form of entertainment mm. right uh, and so uh with with th- with that kind of uh personality and trend even parents these days they're they're on their phones like um my father is now connected with his uh, university friends yeah same right here. from like 30 years ago yeah. and they're always on whatsapp talking about something or the other yeah or on facebook i mean or on facebook yeah, yeah what a, uh, whatever platform there is so parents are consumers of of this thing as well so obviously they don't have time for these kids and the majority of families are living in nuclear households. What do you mean by nuclear households? It's just the father, mother and the kids. There are no uncles or aunts living together. There are no grandparents living together, yeah. right? So, where do you have 
where do you have an actual interaction between people right most schools most environments are toxic so kids just want to be either by, alone by themselves or they're pretending to be someone else to fit in mm. and most school days are just so packed there's hardly any time for interactions you uh, mean that one on one interaction yeah mm. or building quality relationships yeah uh and so by by all means and obviously there's a decadence and and, and there's a degradation of spiritual and moral values uh also know. which also stem from social media whether it comes to so I'm, i'm i'm saying that's another aspect social okay. media or without social media right honestly i mean the the age of the kids on tiktok uh, it's like 13 14 year old kids mm. 13 14 year old girls doing stuff like that yeah. are you, what kind of exposure are you giving to the young young kids yeah. so 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 that decadence obviously contributes to the mental uh, degradation obviously if you're in a society that you're happy and you're and 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 you're and you're and and and, and, and your community is growing uh you won't face those issues right um as long as you have someone to talk to as long as you have something to look forward to a lot of people and that's an issue right they don't have something something to look forward to they're bored the first thing they do is open social media but because of the barrage of garbage content and the quality of the content just decreasing and decreasing because everything now is clickbait everything now is is let's grab the first uh, attention of of people mm. because we want to make money uh, because it's hyper capitalism uh where 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 by all means from I'm I'm not a researcher but from what I can see in the world around me the consumers are suffering that's what we see mm. that's what we see in terms of our siblings our uh, the kids in schools and 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 the society at large uh, it's it's uh, it's it's i think it's a cluster of those three factors it's a very interesting uh, um way of looking at it and i i think i agree with you um i obviously i don't have big data to back it up but uh what i can tell you is that personally yeah i definitely uh, see social media as something that has personally not really that you know that hasn't really contributed much benefit to my life um and it's been um something that you know I wasted a lot of time on uh, I'll I'll be the first person to admit it yeah on Instagram Snapchat Facebook WhatsApp I've wasted a lot of time See but that's my point it's not about time wasting platforms. it's not about time wasting Yeah but that, what I'm talking about is that time that I could have done being a bit more productive building relationships as you know for as sure you, but, as you say what i'm trying to say bro is it's not just about the time waste it's about the mentality or the or the thoughts or the ideas that it puts into your head okay like a, an hour of social media and you want to do something productive after that can you actually do it yeah no you can't because it's not relaxing activity you're consuming information a lot of it is garbage information. You know the first thing they teach us in computer studies, I hope they still teach this, is something called GIGO. Do you know what GIGO? GIGO? Yeah. Garbage in I know GIGO. Garbage in garbage out. Oh, okay, okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh if you put garbage into a computer, you're going to get garbage out of a computer. Okay. But same thing with human beings, if you put garbage in them, you're going to get garbage out I of mean, them. Yeah. In terms of Right? So, the But in terms that that works in terms of both physical and mental well-being. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, honestly, honestly the, the like I said earlier, the quality of content that's out there 
is so low. And we have this scroll culture, right? Where people are just scrolling yeah. hours and hours. It, it, the content is just garbage. But people, regardless, they're scrolling, right? I mean, yeah, you see a funny meme here and there, right? But that's all you see. And now, you know, that's, you become addicted to that. It's formal. At the end of the day, it's formal because you're, you are afraid that you're going to miss out on, um, on uh, the next hottest topic mm. that needs to be covered, whether it be newsworthy or not, or whether yeah. it be some something that a friend does or not, um, and and yeah, I I do understand FOMO, especially if you're trying to make it in the world and and, and early on in your careers, early on in your lives, uh, you wanna you wanna be on top of things, but um, but frankly, and this is my honest belief, that social media the benefits are far less than the um, consequences. And another thing I feel like that uh, another thing I think is very important is that social media whether it's direct or indirect. I think it's probably more indirect, but it indirectly indoctrinates people with values, morals, beliefs, right? Things that you might not necessarily want your kids exposed to or your kids believing or your kids adhering to, right? But because they're just constantly on social media, right? Things that you know, they should be sensitive to us. They've been desensitized to us. Absolutely. And, 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 and we've seen, because we work on the ground with kids, you've seen so many cases where, you know, 14, 15 year old kids are more trusting of a stranger on Twitter or Instagram or whatever mm. than people around them in their own families. Right. And, uh, and they speak to them more and they, and they're, and they're more open to them. Uh, and and see at the end of the day, I'm I'm not gonna be. I don't want this podcast to become a oh look how bad the world is. But I mean, the first step in solving a problem is acknowledging there is one, right? the The tragedy would be for us to go back home and go into the same mentality and same behaviors that we are just talking about right now. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so I think that's why first of all talking about it and addressing it. Is, is 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 so important, yeah. but I, I want to share a couple of other points that you before know. we. I, I think we're we're digressing a bit, right? We're, we're we're going we're moving towards social media. Let's come back to the topic at hand, which is yeah. uh, mental health. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and and, and well being in school. So, like, I just wanted to share a couple of um, things that we've seen uh, while working yeah. on the ground in schools. So back in 2018, I had a chance to volunteer with the Emirates Red Crescent, the wonderful people at Spreading Grace, um, to develop scientific literacy skills for largely, mainly Syrian refugee kids. That, Syrian refugee kids? Yes, okay. that were in Dubai um, yeah. at that time. Um, and uh, these kids were like seven to 14 years old. They've never been in school. They barely can write their name in English or in Arabic. Mm. So the Emirates uh, Red Crescent was uh, developing their uh, literacy skills so that they can go into school yeah. the next ac academic year. Yeah. But we were, we were brought in as volunteers to kind of help them develop their science skills. They know how, like basics of synthesis or what are solid, liquid, and gas yeah. and stuff like that. So, um, uh, because all, all of the facilitators for the science of crazy sessions are volunteers, yeah, the amount of care that they had on these kids was was fairly higher than you know what you normally see. But when I was working in schools as part of you know, the early stage of piloting project use programs. Yeah. 
honestly, in some of these schools, which are middle middle to high income schools, right? Schools with fees of 30, 40, 50,000 dirhams, they, ha- they honestly treated their children like cattle, yelling at them uh, like they're dogs on the street, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and the culture and the vibes in those schools was shocking to say the least. And and at the end of the day, I think it's also gone to a sense of uh toxicness is the the problem with the problem with that that environment is it brings out the worst in people. Right? And um and uh, Do you think that you can link the fact that the school industry has been commercialized so much to how these kids are being treated? commercialization do you think that's one of the reasons one of the things you can blame it on um, sure commercialization is one of one of the key reasons for uh, for this because at the end of the day every decision is a financial decision mm. right yeah. when do people make decisions and say hey you know what we're actually going to do it for the impact and not final and, and let aside um, um, if it be any monetary uh, benefit benefit for us. yeah it's very, very rare that you find that, right? Um, but um, but in the long-term development of, of, of things, it really is unbelievable how, uh, how, you know, widespread that, you know, culture can be in some of these schools. And that's my point. Uh, when it comes into student well-being, if we're sending our kids to these schools, and honestly, uh, you know, Kids are not going to come home and talk about that. Even if they do, parents are like, what other place do we send you to? Right? Um, my problem with that is there is no depth in in a lot of these kids. Even though this those middle or high income schools that I saw, they're amazingly, brilliantly talented kids. Brilliantly talented boys and girls. But because they were in the wrong environment, and because of the unbelievable negative cultures in those schools, you don't see growth and development in these kids. What do you mean when you say there is no depth, though? So a person who, so I give you an example. Uh, in schools which had a good environment, kids could critically analyze a topic, look at it from multiple different viewpoints. Mm-hmm. Uh, or versus on the versus in the schools where there is no depth, students are mainly made to do activities so that they you know you keep them hands on, you keep them fun, you keep them having fun. The reason why you keep it, keep them having fun is if you don't, you you're gonna have dis- disciplinary issues. Yeah, right. Uh, but they can't dig the surface of a of a of a, of a challenge or of an or, or or of an issue. Right, they can't go level two, level three in in trying to maybe look at it from a different perspective or empathize with other stakeholders that are involved in, in addressing that challenge, whatever that is. But that's the reality of life. If you're going to be anyone successful in life, you need to be able to look at things from different perspectives, empathize, communicate. Da, 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 da. But that's where the depth in personality is not there. On top of that, there's no depth in learning. Right, because most of these schools they want to they want to get the highest grades possible with the minimum amount of work, right? But what about the kids who actually do want to work hard? What about the kids who want to go above and beyond? Usually, there is no opportunity for them in those schools, and these schools, unfortunately, are in the majority. 
And these are very common schools yeah. that if I start naming them, everybody would know. <laughs> now, we don't want to throw out names. Yeah, because we don't want to get into trouble. But yeah. but but to be honest, that's the that's the reality um, of of the uh, of a lot of these places that we that we stay. And, you know, it, it, it also goes back to globalism. You know, it, it goes back to what what uh, how do you bridge the identity of yourself and what uh, is deemed acceptable on social media? Politically correct. Not just that. Political but, correctness. But is that what you're talking about? Everything when it comes into when it comes into issues about gender, when it, like for example, like honestly, for 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 for, for 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 the majority of people, these issues are alien. They don't actually face them in their day to day lives. But they're exposed to them. But they're exposed to them, which makes them fight for stuff that they don't actually need to fight for. Yeah, but then it comes. Okay, but then you can say that while they might not be exposed to these things in their daily lives, right? Some of these things or some of these issues are spreading like wildfire. wildfire. Give me an example. Like the issue, okay. I'd say the issue of mental well-being. See, that's the thing, right? Uh, even the issue of mental well-being, we're trying to address it in a, in, in, a, in a holistic manner right now. But where do people get the actual opportunity to address this in a holistic manner? Do they get this chance at, at home? Majority of parents don't want to talk about it. They want to pretend that it doesn't exist. Do they get a chance in school? When exactly? In your eight, nine, ten? What about guidance years? counselors in school? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> you, you had a guidance counselor in your school. How many? How many guidance counselors do you have in your school? See, for me in my school, it was less of the guidance counselor, and more of the teachers, and more of the teachers. As in, I uh, really, I really got close to some a lot of my teachers and. They had they opened that door to, for us to come and talk to them, right? My basketball coach, Coach Leah, we used to, you know, he's like a brother to me, an elder brother to me, and we would talk, and he would give me advice. Same with my physics teacher, Mr. Afiz, my chemistry teacher, Mr. Abid. You know, we used to have <laughs> our English classes. <laughs> we we would spend like half the time, you know, discussing contemporary issues in the world with one of our uh, with our English teacher, Mr. Rashad, uh, and we just love it you know it was it was a place where we could really express ourselves we could really talk about how we felt about these issues precisely and, yeah and um honestly that maybe that that's why um as like i said at the beginning of this podcast alhamdulillah i, I really i don't i don't i didn't see an issue uh, an overall issue uh, with my mental see, well-being during school do you see parallels between that and what kids say about the project two programs i do so at the end of the day, in most schools, because I, if there are new teachers involved or if they're teachers who are just doing it for, for, for because it's a job and I get paid at the end of the month, um, you will see instances where that, that that's not scalable. And and at the end of the day, they, they're, they're more focused on curriculums and getting grades than actual development of kids, right? A smart kid is a smart kid. He's going to get the grade, Right. The real development happens if you're actually able to get a C kid to become a B kid or an F kid to becoming a D kid or a C kid. That's what they consider as development. Is that what you mean? Uh, but, you know, do you actually even see that happening? Do you ever see 
B kids becoming B I mean, kids. you never know. I mean, the kid, I mean, it, it depends on the kid as well, how much effort he or she puts into um, of course, that transformation. Of course, but I mean, how often do you see that jump happening? It's usually monotonous over your over the multi years yeah. journey of the school, you know, the top five percent of kids are gonna remain top five right from KG all the way to year twelve. So 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 anyhow, coming back to the topic of mental well being, see the 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 challenge that you want to see is well-being counselors and guidance counselors usually their ratio is one is to a few hundred right yeah in some schools that we've seen um it's one is to a few thousand so the when 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 we pass on the responsibility of well-being to guidance counselors um you're not going to get anywhere by the way a teacher was telling me uh, a couple of months back that you know, a lot of these kids come from tragic homes. They come from troubled homes. So school is actually an escape for them. Mm. But because of COVID and them not having a, not being able to come into school, they're actually, you know, um, stuck in a very toxic and dangerous environment. And yeah, I can understand that, especially if, you know, if, if, if some mothers have short tempers or some, you know, dads have... Uh, really low tolerance for uh, things, you're gonna have increases in 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 in, uh, in cases of, uh, of 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 unhappiness, and that's uh, I think that's where you know that that the, the tragedy is, whether it be at home or school, that uh, exacerbation of mental well-being is happening because everyone wants to go back into the fake world of social media. Let me finish dinner so that I can go back to WhatsApp. Or let you me, don't even show up for dinner yeah. because you're on WhatsApp. Let me talk to this person because I want to get it done with so that I can go back to my online world mm. of gaming or Instagram or, or TikTok or Snapchat. Yeah. So do you see how do you see why I'm saying that, you know, that that social media might be the the reason why we have an increase in, in, in mental well being? Honestly, I, I see it I I don't know, but <laughs> I can't I can't really uh, yeah, I I can't really um I can't really make it factual, but I feel like that's one of the major See, we're not contributors. Here. We're to not researchers. We're not experts. Yeah, we're we just aren't. Seeing, but based on, just, yeah, based on our experience. We're commenting based on what we see around us. Yeah. Right. And that's the only But we do but then again, do. we do also have we do have exposure to some of these kids, right? And we Which is what we can see yeah, around us. Exactly. So so see and then and then that results in some of the more critical issues that we see um, today. Uh, where, um, where you know there are serious uh, developmental issues into uh, into a person's long term develop uh, long term well being, and often it comes out in a very ugly way uh, later on in their lives. And I've seen some of that happen in front of me, and it's not pretty, and it's not helpful at all. Yeah. And at the end of the day, let's let's talk about it from a capitalistic point of view. Employers are the ones who have to deal with this, because at the end of the day, we have to kind of hire those th that kind of talent that's coming out of our education system. Yeah, right. And and uh, so yes, fine. We want to invest more in in, in well-being practices. But there was an article that said that you know Silicon Valley has such a high turnover rate, even though. Google has fancy offices where you can, you know, climb down a staircase and slide into your next sleep meeting. rooms, free food, sleep rooms, yeah, the free entire food, 
a hairdresser, spa, <laughs> whatever, right? And we're very lucky enough to be part of Air 2071, which is one of the coolest office spaces in Dubai. Definitely. Um, but that's not the only thing that drives people, right? And, uh, and uh, yeah, there needs to be some <clears throat> deeper connection. It has to be a deeper connection. And also, at the end of the day, employers are the ones who are going to bear the brunt of uh, well, well-being challenges, mm. right? And the reason why we're actually even talking about it so much is because especially HR folks can see it happening in yeah. their um, yeah. in their organizations today. Yeah, they see basically, they see the result of, you know, <clears throat> the result of the current system of education and the people coming out and see they see how vacuous they can be in terms of their work and how their work ethic and, you know, loops doesn't but it but it's also how they react to situations it's how they communicate with their peers it's how they deal with um deal with volatility or deal with uh things not going in their way right yeah uh at the end of the day it it, it really is a soft skills game a person who can understand how to deal with people and how to control his or her emotions will always outlast someone who has better uh, is more, you know, academically gifted or te uh, technically talented, right? But who doesn't have the right soft skills, right? So, um, and, and, and even though we say this so many times, and the, the challenge is that the most people just do lip service to it. There's hardly any real world impact happening. One could say we're just doing lip service to it. But when at the end of the day, one of the big reasons why we even want to talk about on this podcast is to is, raise awareness. Is to raise awareness, but we we can see it on the ground. Yeah, we right. Can. And we can. and and one of our core, uh, um, one of our core values is impact before anything else, right? And I hope uh, that we've stuck to that in everything that we do, right? We always want to make trying to make an impact decision on. On, on our programs and how you deal with kids and how we work with our partners. But at the end of the day, it really is a, uh, it's a very complicated issue. Um, but it goes back down to how do you build? Okay, I think let's come to this. We want to come Excuse to the, <laughs> we want to come to the, we want to come to the, you know, let's, let's, let's try and brainstorm. How do we sustainably solve this? Solutions. Right? So let's talk solutions. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, Especially in a developing country, you don't have that many solid groups to work with or communities to be part of, right? Especially if you're an expat. Uh, I was just telling this to one of my um, uh, local friends the other day. You see your grandmother every weekend. I see my grandmother once a year, right? And there are millions of other kids like me. What do you think their development is going to be like? I see my cousins once a year. Right, mm. and it's not the same talking on WhatsApp versus being with them. They see their cousins every weekend, right? So, so um, uh, there, there's nothing to feel sorry about it. But that's the state of the world, and we're just going to acceler accelerate, yeah, uh, in that uh, in that yeah. direction. So, um, I honestly believe that we need to start investing more into building like-minded communities. Yeah, and 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 uh, bridging that gap because uh, we don't have enough of them. We have some of them, sure, 
maybe you might be but able then what to okay you want to build like-minded communities um one just to play the devil's advocate one might come and say well you're killing diversity it's not how do you how do you how do you make like-minded communities uh, how do you make friends like-minded people what's you find something in common yeah Right, either a common vision or common values or or, or a shared heritage, something. Yeah, something you need. You need. You 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 want to find common ground. Yeah, I was just listening to a quote yesterday today though that said you need to strive to find higher ground, not common ground. Don't really understand what that means. Right? Higher ground. Yeah. Okay, I can't really put it together either. But okay, but what do you mean? I want to know what you mean by like-minded communities. In what so, sense? So, um, let me know, and then I'll, I'll 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 give you my take on solving for mental well-being. Basically, it's 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 more about um, like see the reason why I say this uh, the ambitious leaders program, which we were very lucky to do with with uh, uh, with the good folks from um, uh, the executive office. They uh, the kids over there. We had fifty seven kids, right? Because we handpicked them, we were able to do that because of the volume of kids who were really interested in such a program. um we were able to hand pick them and because of that we barely had any disciplinary issues and we barely had any issues of oh it's becoming oh, oh that person has to watch out for that other kid or let's not put these kids together or whatever it was a very supportive really developing very nurturing environment Yeah. And kids could be the best version of themselves because that environment was there. Mostly, you're saying this is because of they were all like-minded. Not, ju- I don't think all of them were like-minded, but it was a positive, nurturing environment. Okay. And usually, you don't find that community of 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 or a group of kids or a yeah. group of people or whatever, right? You always have to watch out for your back at work. And my God, thank, we're a small organization, so we don't have you know politics. But the uh, the moment you go into large organizations, the 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 you know what what do they call it the where, where you have to show off and you have to play mind games and you have to office politics basically yeah. right when you when you talk about that i think of suits yeah, yeah. i mean <laughs> that's just one example but you know in the real world it can actually be much more brutal really yeah that suits I, i was told that suits is a bit of an over exaggeration of, of course it's an over exaggeration in some parts but but you know it's it's uh, uh everything that's imagined is because it's a reflection of reality of reality okay right that's very so, interesting so so it, it honestly needs to be a lot more of of building more communities yeah, this is what i think what, what, communities that are not necessarily structured so we can actually have op- op- options of of building meaningful re- uh, relationships with people around us see what i think um my take on solving for mental well-being or mental health uh i think it's spirituality honestly um and he, i think i believe her excellency the minister minister of youth sham sham al mazrouhi um when they posted that she there was a post on instagram where um how do you work on uplifting your your mental health and uh, the, the top three things for her was qira'at al quran and then i believe it was khushu' khushu' qira'at qira'at al quran to to explain to everyone is basically uh reciting the quran Uh, the second thing was khushu' fi salah or i believe it was well, you, you're opening it up here let's let's read it here so the first one was qira'at al-quran the second was khushu' fi salah and the third one was is tawassul ma'al-'a'ila so basically qira'at 
Qiraat al-Qur'an is basically recitation of the Qur'an. The second thing she said was focusing during prayer. And the third thing she said was basically um, building family relationships. Yeah. Right? And see, even even from a faith... And it all ties into spirituality. So absolutely. I, honestly. And, but even from a faith-based perspective, you are taught to have uh, a good companionship. Right? Yeah. Uh, nowhere in, in 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 your faith is it taught that you know you need to sit by yourself and stay in a cave yeah. by by yourself, right? And also, the quality of companions you have matters. Absolutely, like the blacksmith and the and the mask seller. Absolutely, yeah. right? And so and so, we are losing on that companionship. Yeah, we are real world yeah, we are. companionship. But it's a double sided. I feel like we're losing out on on that companionship. And at the same time, we are not, we're not being those kind of companions, you understand, ourselves. Uh, 100%, 100%. So it's like a cyclic um, problem. Of course, and, and, and I think that's where, like if someone wants to talk to you, do you just give a, have a superficial conversation or do you have a meaningful conversation so Absolutely. I genuinely care 100%. about this person? 100%. And I wanna help him or her uh, in whatever way possible, be there for that person, support that person. Uh, and have a conversation with that person. How often do we have that? You know, there was a post on Instagram. It was yeah. more hysterical. So I was talking about introverts. How do you make friends if you're not with them either in school, university, or at work? Right? Yeah, that's that's, and, uh, that's and, very true. Uh, and fine, I don't think I'm an introvert, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> I can't figure out, you know, that many friends that I have yeah, okay, but then again, you can come back and work. say that that it's because those are the areas you go to, as in physically. You travel to school, okay, and then you come back. Then you go to work, you come back, or you go to university. And because no, but, because you're geographically uh, or which is, in terms which is, of location, you're centered point, in that is, area. Which is what I didn't understand with that, because where else do you have opportunities to socialize? Yeah. Like, like for example, in, in the West, people go to bars. People go to clubs or whatever. Yeah. If you don't... Uh, if you think that is morally wrong and you don't want to subscribe Not just in that, the West, by the way, mind you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. If you think that's morally wrong and you don't want to subscribe to that mindset, yeah. fantastic. Of course, you respect values. Where, what alternatives can we get, get give for people? Do we have something like that? Over here, well, I believe they call it mealis. Uh, how often do you, when was the last time you went to a majlis? <laughs> that's a good point, actually. That's right? Point. So, uh, and 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 so at, at the end of the day, it really is about giving, building more organic and structured opportunities for mm. for uh, for collaboration, communication, meeting, connection, connections. You know, uh, yeah. But a lot of people come into it with a networking saying, "I want to, I want to connect with people for business. I want to connect with people to grow my career." But you can't do that. You have to have genuine relations with people. If you don't have genuine relations with people, you're not going to be able to move forward in life. Regardless of your career, yeah. make all the money that you want in the world. If you if you if you don't have people who are running mates with you for that journey, you're going to be um, you're going to be compromised. Absolutely. Um, uh, another thing I wanted to shed light on is that uh, this connection needs to start at home. Absolutely. Pa yeah. I feel like parents need to they need to be more con conducive for their 
children to have open conversations with them and they need and alhamdulillah i'm really blessed to have parents who are very open you understand they and they've opened the doors to to these kind of conversations you know they've they've opened the doors for whatever problems i have uh, and you know they've always been very um um you know they've been very uh, catering uh to those problems and uh, i feel like that's see that's one of the main things that um the this generation lack uh, it's that connection with their parents it's the ability to go to their parents and talk to them about problem problems or challenges as you like to put it <laughs> and um you know because i mean that's your immediate circle right if your parents are probably the most important people in your life Like, and your children are the most important people people i mean that's your that's just your immediate circle that's if you don't have that you we go on we talk we talk and talk and talk about connections but if you don't have that relationship with your parents then i mean you're missing you're missing out on the fundamentals of good connections right and this this will it'll 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 reciprocate on your mental health there was a well-being report that was released um that said that less than 49% of uh, kids or grade 9 and above have any relationship with an adult or at, at home or at school less than 49% less than 49% which means what which means they don't really have a meaningful relationship with their parents or an aunt or an uncle or a teacher or whatever right and yeah. can you believe that yeah you can yeah i i also think i feel like it, it's, it's i feel like look it also it being institutionalized also ties into that right because i mean the moment you're born you're institutionalized right um not the moment you're born sorry the, i mean like when you're 3 4 years old you go to what daycare or preschool yeah. right then after that you go to school right and then you go to middle school high school I, we've we've spoken about this before right being yeah. institutionalized right that bridges i mean creates a a, a gap between you and your family right yeah. i feel like there needs to be more time spent at home with your parents right but then again parents are working so by the time you know, so that's so that's my so that's my um thing right it's also um it's also understanding how do you structure a better uh relationship with the adults in your family not just your parents but your uncles aunts and grandparents yeah after you uh, once you go through that teenage process and we've ha- I've had this conversation so many times when when I have one-on-ones with with some of the students and um, I always tell them you know you always should look at your parents as older people do what they told you to do but as you become a teenager and as you grow up a lot of a lot of the times you start making decisions on your own without necessarily asking your parents for permission yeah right and um Uh, but that evolves your relationship with the adults in your family as well you need to start talking to them as more of peers rather than uh rather than uh i'm a kid in front of you yeah right but most of us still think that we're kids in front of them so we don't look at them as friends yeah. we don't look at them yeah. as as people that we actually can develop a relationship with and i'm talking about all the adults in the family not just your mother or father yeah right um and 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 i think that's where we're really shortcoming on because uh the benefit of having a family is that you can stand up on their shoulders i was talking to some of our kids last weekend uh, during our you know weekend program um and i asked them a bunch of 13 14 year olds uh what do your parents do and do they work if they, if they work what what what's their job 
barely any of them could give me an actual answer. And this is just a symptom of the situation because I've been doing that a lot of the times in so many different schools. And I ask, okay, so what do your parents do? Oh, they're a manager at this place. What exactly do they do? I don't really know. Why not? I mean, I'm pretty sure, for example, if you're, if, if that was your dad, your dad must have worked quite hard, educated himself, got more skills, developed a pathway for himself, and earned or achieved that job that he has. Yeah. It's not a straightforward, it's, 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 it wasn't, you know, given to him on a silver platter. Uh, and But the fact is that, that kids themselves don't know that and they don't, they don't respect. They, if they don't know that, they're not going to respect it. Yeah. If they don't respect it, they're not going to learn from it. Yeah. So I think that's where, while you're as as a teenager, you need to start evolving into better understanding relationships with older people around you. Yeah. And and uh, and and res- you know learning from them and leveraging them. Yeah. Yeah. Very valid point. So yeah, I guess to start, I'd, I'd say. If you know we wanted to start um, improving our mental well-being, we'd start by leveraging those relationships. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Anyways, we're pretty much coming to an end of this podcast, and um, we hope you guys have benefited from it. And uh, please do let us know. Um, you know, do let us know what are, what your thoughts are on the matter at hand, and you know, we'd love your insights. In your input, Abdul Mateen, anything else? I hope this was insightful. Um, yeah, it, it was enjoyable for me, and uh, definitely, I'm looking forward to seeing how we can, um, how we can, you know, explore more topics like this, and perhaps circle back to this um, with some more insights from our work yeah. um, on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. So, thank you so much, Abdul Mateen. Thank you, Jamal. Um, I've hosting. I've enjoyed this, and inshallah, we will upload this soon. Inshallah. <laughs> All uh, right, guys. Take care. Take care. See you soon, inshallah. See them soon. Are you kidding me? <laughs>